This is Hannah. This is Rachel. And this is What I Like to Tell People. Have you been feeling curious about connecting with your spiritual side? Are you having difficulty trusting your intuition? It could be time to test your skepticism and meet with a spiritual medium. Three-Eyed Bob offers personalized, intuitive readings to help you better understand your journey and identify the unseen forces assisting you along the way. As featured on our first episode of this season, Three-Eyed Bob provides a fresh approach to mediumship that focuses on identifying realistic connections to your current life circumstances. Check out threeeyedbob.com for more information about services offered and to book your virtual reading session today. That's threeeyedbob.com found in our episode notes. Hi, Rachel. Hello, Hannah. How was your week? It was okay. Um, I at least got to go outside. Um, that sounds like I've been in okay forever, but I'm not... Like, it was so pretty out last week that I got to go, like, walk in, you know, just walked around D.C. after work and during my lunch. And it was really nice um, just to be outside. And now it's rainy and dreary today as we speak. But at least I got those days. So how was your week? It was good. So I actually, uh, for my friend's birthday, I made her a strawberry shortcake. And I... It had homemade strawberry jam in it. So it took me a couple days to make. And she even told me like the next day after like having it in the refrigerator, it was like really good. Um, I had a piece of it. If I say I, I'm not a fan of like white. I'm more of a chocolate right. cake type person. But I'll say. I do this- love that type of cake. But yeah, I'm a chocolate type. Yeah, also. this cake was really good, if I say so myself. But it took me I three it. days to make because I made the jam one day. Then the next day, I made the cake part. And then the day of that morning I was giving it to her, I made the icing of it. So I'm glad oh, wow. she liked it because it was a lot of work. Um, and then I like put strawberries on top and strawberries. And then it was a lot of strawberries, strawberry jam, strawberry. But it wasn't like overwhelming. And I think I'm going to use – Yeah, I think I'm going to use the cake recipe for like different fruits and stuff. Like yeah. I think it would be good for like even just like mixed berries or blueberries or or just like any type of berry would be really good. So I'll have to like yeah. make it again. Yeah. So I spent my time baking. I was like really proud of it. I'm also very excited because I finished my moss art and it's currently hanging behind me. So today at work, I was like turning on my video and, and showing my coworkers. It's so pretty. So I'm- pretty just so mad it's raining today so it doesn't have its like full glory because like yeah like the full colors right yeah because the sun the sun would make it a lot better i'm gonna like turn my background off like so it's just it's so pretty to me though and you know the color with that trim you did great yeah 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 no i matched my trim matched my 
and um, everything. But anyway, this episode is with Nathan Thomas, and it's kind of strange because we had some cancellations, so we are a little behind, but we'll be catching up. So we actually had it just now, and we usually – it's been like a week since we – talk to the person so it's very interesting that we're like oh we just it's fresh on our minds yeah Yeah. we we just actually you know did it uh and yeah yeah, it's a really cool a a cool conversation happy listening hello everyone we are here with nathan thomas and they're going to talk about comedy and a bunch of other things whatever we get into kind of talking and I met Nathan through Lindsay. Actually, I feel like I just met you today, so I can't really say. But Lindsay Emmett, who's been on the show before, introduced Nathan to us. And um, you actually went to Marshall. When did you go to Marshall? Uh, I started at Marshall in the spring of 2014. Okay, so you're Um, younger than me. I'm um, 26. Oh, wow. Much younger. Because I I graduated 2012. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, I graduated high school in the uh, the May of 2013. And the plan was to uh, take a semester off, get a job for the summer, try to get some money saved up. At that point, I wasn't even sure if I was even going to go to college. I wasn't sure what the path forward was. Um, but like, as soon as like moving day, move in day posts were popping up on Facebook, there was like immediate regret of like, Oh, you had FOMO. yeah, I should have gone. Um, and as it turns out in the, uh, Kanawha Valley that summer, no one was hiring. So I kind of just stayed at home for six months before going to college. So you didn't get to save up. How did you meet Lindsay then? Uh, I met her through uh, her starting to do stand-up uh, last summer. Okay. And I saw that, and I may mispronounce it, but you've done some videos with a group called Kosiri? Kosiri? Am I mispronouncing? Am I just N- no, you, no, No, you aren't. The thing is, most people pronounce it wrong. Uh, and they, they, like, Kosari or something they'll say all these different names usually people don't get it on the uh the first try and you did so oh. yeah well I'm impressed by myself I did <laughs> watch I, yeah Yay. I I watched one of the videos about which I assume you're in um about Huntington like when it was the founding kind of yep. like fathers of it a yeah. uh, a video that got banned from city hall Yes, that's it. Did it yeah. really get banned, or is that just so, the, how did so you guys the whole come up thing? It for context, uh, last year, twenty twenty one was the sesquicentennial. I'm butchering the pronunciation. Say that, that five word. times. Sesquicentennial, a one hundred fiftieth anniversary of Huntington, and they had a year long celebration. All of these different events going on. And part of that was a uh, kind of variety show special that had music, interviews with uh, famous people from Huntington, some kind of like game show type games. And uh, my comedy group, uh, Kusiri, was asked to do a video. And we made this video of us in the park in old timey costumes. And the bit is um 
the founders of Huntington, so the big four of the railroad, uh, I'm blanking of, on all of their names, but the one I played was Collis B. Huntington, the, uh, the founder and namesake of Huntington, uh, are looking over the city that they've just uh, founded, and they are kind of stating what their goals or what the future might bring for this city. And we keep making a joke about the city, um, kind of residents of the city uh, campaigning to bring back the minor league ice hockey team, uh, which Huntington had for a period. They were called the Huntington Blizzard. I did not know that. Yeah. That's really cool. And when the city hall communications director was watching through the special to kind of give final approval through the, uh, the mayor's office, they saw the jokes about the blizzard and immediately went, no, I don't want phone calls of people asking like, Hey, is, is it true? Are they coming back? Uh, so they also didn't like that. We made jokes about how the, uh, South side of Huntington, uh, the neighborhood I live in, how like every other street is brick and then every other street's paved. Why? I, I don't truthful, know. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love a good brick street, but I know they're hard to maintain and yeah. they're rough. They're rough when you're over. A little yeah. bouncy if you don't have a good chassis. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think it's good. No, I thought it was funny because I think you have to be a part of Huntington and I lived there, you know, through college, but like the, the jokes like, Oh, let's build, you know, the rivers there. Let's build a wall. And it's like, no, we're not going to do that until 1930 something. And then, yeah, like the, the year of things. the big. Fl- we're gonna wait until 1938, and oh, then it was like, yeah. well, because the flood was in 1937, <laughs> so it's like wait we're gonna wait until something big happens. Yeah, and then we'll like, do it. we're gonna wait a year later after all of that happens. Yeah, we're gonna deal. wait until after the disaster instead of being proactive. They were it- like the ants in Lord of the Rings; they just took forever to like think <laughs> and make a decision. <laughs> And none of it was really mean-spirited because it's all in a love of this weird, quirky, uh, uh, damaged but trying to not be damaged town that we live in. Uh, And and it was all just celebrating uh, our community through this weird way. Uh, And we just, we eventually put the sketch out on our own. Uh, just yeah. because it was fun to make. So you made the video previously and then showed them the video? Is that we, what happened? We or? made the video specifically for the special. Mm-hmm. And then the communications guy saw it and went, no, we are not. We, I am not signing off on that. Um, just put it on your own YouTube. And then we put it out anyway to spite the man. Yeah, no, it was a it's a funny video. And I saw like some other videos like the uh like where the aliens come to earth and so you have you ha- there there are some like female representation in your group. Do you want to talk about your comedy group or if not, we don't have to. Uh I mean, we're not all that active these days just yeah, because it's been like of, a year since you put out a video. I yeah, of uh uh life and career stuff. Um you know, maybe we'll get back into the swing of things, but one thing, whenever we were writing, we always had this question in the back of our minds of, 
who's going to play this part and in what way can we have some sort of representation, whether it's people of color or uh, people in the LGBT community or women, um, just to make our videos actually match the makeup of our community. How did you get started with comedy as a whole? Uh, Well, comedy itself was just being interested in it and listening to a lot of like first wave podcasts when, you know, this is probably 2010, 2011, that sort of era where the medium was still trying to find its footing. And I was listening to a lot of podcasts that were just comedians talking to each other about, uh, talking shop really talking about comedy and career like WTF with Mark Marin. I listened to pretty religiously around the time. I mean, I still do just not as much. So listening to these kind of first wave comedy podcasts, where it's just comedians talking about their career, it kind of made me realize like, Oh, maybe this is something I would like to try out. My um, sophomore year of high school one of the english teachers started a improv comedy troupe and i was kind of all over that and i did that for three years um from my uh, sophomore year up until graduation high school graduation and towards the end of that i started getting the urge to do stand up um you know improv is fun and i remember a lot of that high school stuff fondly but i also remember wanting something that is more on my shoulders so i'm responsible for it being funny or not rather than having to rely on a scene partner well plus improv is a different type of uh, comedy anyways yeah like you would rather have it like more independent on you than And this was very short form whose line style improv of just playing a lot of small games. It wasn't as much about building a a scene. It is fun. But you wanted more of a challenge and do like more scene type stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, I. It. When you're a bunch of high school kids, you're the one who wants the big laugh and you want to kind of be the scene stealer. Uh, and you're making these quick quips rather than thinking about, hey, what's best for the scene overall or right. the overall story we're help trying to your tell. your scene partner, et cetera, yeah. At, at a certain point, it became like who can make the best Batman reference or like kind of nerdy joke when I'd much rather do what made sense in the scenario. And it, it's not right. to fault anyone. Right. It's just, we, we were kids. Exactly. Uh, I was going to say your age too, right? Yeah. And you're learning and you know, et cetera. Yeah, it's the, the first experience with it. Yeah, exactly. And I just remember wanting to kind of stake out on my own. And when I realized in, this would have been, I got to Huntington in January of 2014. I realized there was a stand-up scene around here, or at least open mics by March. 
So kind of as soon as I was on campus, I started going to open mics. And, Where did you used to go? Uh, we, my first open mic in Huntington was actually at a on-campus talent show at the um, Joan Edwards Auditorium. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was just, it, I was doing stand-up, other people were doing music, people were doing it. I was the only stand-up act. And at that point, the stand-up I was trying to do was more storytelling-based than it was joke-joke, punchline, ah. set-up joke. And I lost that talent contest to a bluegrass band, uh, which is fine. They were great. They were real nice in the dressing room. I was uh, singing some songs with them while they were warming up, and we knew all the words to pretty much any of the big bluegrass standards. Uh, but after that show, I started going to the old black sheep, which if you are in Huntington, Wait, it's not the black sheep anymore on the, the corner across on from the corner across from campus. No, it is called calamity J. Oh, maybe somebody else told me this. Yeah. Too. Uh, it used black to be the sheep. Java joint. And that's yeah. when Pretty I first cool, though, that new name. Used to be the Java joint. It had a uh, like a head shop on the uh, the second story where they sold like incense and stuff. Uh, and then it was Black Sheep. Black Sheep took off. Um, they eventually moved to Pullman Square. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And it it's still exactly. there now. I still say, surely it didn't disappear because no. it was like really big. And then what I really liked about them, this goes off, but they had TVs and you could like live tweet while you were sitting there and they'd put your tweet. They, <laughs> they still have that for They're the so beer menus. With it. Well, yeah. I would, I haven't done this in a while, but if I were scrolling through Twitter and I noticed that like someone posted a picture from the bar at Black Sheep. I would post messages for them, but not tag them on Twitter, so they'd have to see it on the TV. So, what do you mean? Like, you did this for Black Sheep, or you did this for well, like fun? To, I I did this like, to mess with my friends at Black Sheep. Oh, okay. So, like, oh, okay, uh, a buddy, a buddy of mine, Patrick, would post a picture of him sitting at the bar at Black Sheep, and so I would tweet tagging just the restaurant, saying, "I'm going to fight you, Patrick." <laughs> and he would only he would only see it if he looked up at the TV. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, so you wouldn't tag Patrick? It just no. Was he would. Black it would sheep. only appear on the TV. And then uh, yeah, I, so happened to look up. It could be yeah. yeah then he would see it though. I've I've tweeted things like help. I'm stuck in the bathroom. The door won't open. <laughs> black sheep. Yeah, just <laughs> I'm stuck in black sheep. Did anyone help? <laughs> I I don't know. I was lying. I yeah, know, he was in the bathroom. I I don't. I mean, hopefully, because it 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 would be terrible to be stuck in there. But I've been wait. stuck in bathrooms before. It's not fun. Yeah, it's not fun. Really it's the worst. It's really uh, but yeah, I started doing stand up at the old Black Sheep location there on the corner, directly across from Marshall's campus. It's a and good location. It's great. I um haven't stopped since really 
the first couple actually the first couple years i would stop because i would go home for the summer um but once i just straight up moved to huntington it's been a pretty constant stream since minus covid yeah that's true I'm surprised you guys didn't try to do more videos, or did you, when kind of COVID? Because I guess you did in 2021. We tried to do some live stream type variety shows. Uh, It was just a lot to organize. And given what I do for a living, it was just a lot more work when I was already kind of exhausted from my day job. So it, it... we tried it a couple times and it kind of just fizzled out and the amount of work that went into it, we weren't seeing in the output, like whether it be the amount of views or the amount of shares. Yeah, no, I get that. So what do you do with your comedy now? Do you just do like open mics or do you have like a scheduled place that you go? We do a couple of open mics uh, at a couple of different places. Uh, The group that runs the comedy here in Huntington is just called Huntington Comedy. It is Alex Runyon, Nate Sesco, and myself. And we're kind of the planning committee for any of the stand-up shows here in town. Uh, So we'll do weekly open mics, and then we try to do at least one showcase a month or every other month. And those are the booked shows that, like, People have to pay to get in, and then we try to pay the comics on that one, but the open mics are free other than that. Yeah. When I was at Marshall, it was the Funny Bone, like, and that no longer exists, but that was at Pullman. No, it's a church. It's a church? Yeah. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah, it's one of those uh, non-denominational evangelical... has the uh, the clear see-through shield around the drum set, and uh-huh. there's probably a smoke machine somewhere, like that kind of like... Well, I mean, because they already had the stage. They yeah. already had, oh, you man, know, and they had like the sound room. perfect for that type. I yeah. have only been in there once, and it was for a concert, a part of some like Marshall Jazz Festival, really good venue for that it's like kind of the ideal space for that type of show do they still have the really long hallway where like you can kind of like wait in line and you're like indoors i just thought that was nice yeah they still have that yeah i guess then they didn't have to change much except get the bar out and yeah put a few more crosses up yeah (laughs) that's so funny so um what else like are you planning to do with your comedy? You know, right now I'm just kind of trying to get a solid act together, uh, building it. Most of my stand-up sets at the open mics are five minutes long, and it's just trying to hone jokes where I want them to be uh, to eventually do more shows either out of town or just regionally uh, these kind of like regional showcases. It's one of those things where it's a lot of fun and I like doing them, but also it's not a thing that I'm trying to like quote unquote go for. If a career happened, that'd be fine, but I'm not going to like, 
go all in on it at least not at this moment it's just a a fun thing to do with friends and to um get attention because i need attention (laughs) (laughs) well i thought nothing wrong with that it's good to admit are you like the youngest in your family uh i am the youngest of three kids yeah no wonder you you're, you love attention. Like Be- between that and being a Leo, it's just look at me, look at me. You know, yeah, I'm a Virgo, but uh, I'm like right at that border. The cusp. Mm-hmm. And I am a true Virgo. Wow. Yes, everyone ha- around me has to be perfect, but I I can be a little. <laughs> you crazy. can be off. Yeah, yeah. So like you, since you started in high school, you kind of started with that. It, like have you like where did you guys perform in high school and did you get like a piece of that or was it just kind of like in your school it was in the school we would just do it in the auditorium you didn't go to like nursing homes oh, god no no <laughs> thanks no or like absolutely. the grade school or you know academic no oh god no that would be a nightmare yeah. yeah. So no did you thanks. guys do public shows or was it literally just kind of like a club? We would do shows. Yeah, they would be after school. Uh, so we would, school day would end around three. We'd kind of rehearse and practice for a couple hours. And then at 6 p.m. probably just do a show there in the auditorium. Who would, was it, would it be like mostly your parents or did you guys get a good turnout? Parents, friends and family. Yeah. Um, not the biggest crowd, but it was enough. Yeah. Like high school theater and like high school performance. There's only so big of an audience. Well, like I also feel like it's weird if because like I live near the high school here, and I'm yeah. like they advertise things. I'm like it'd be weird if I'm like let me just go to the school play and watch the high schoolers. Like I know no one in there. Yeah, I no don't one, have a kid. I don't have a kid. It would be really weird. I if think they knew that I were a single childless adult coming to see this <laughs> performance it's- of uh, Susical the Musical then they would escort me directly off the premises. Right. They say community, but do they really mean the community? And not or... give me a refund for my $5. Right. Yeah. I I always, I would feel very strange because it'd be different if I even knew, like if I knew someone, but yeah, I know family absolutely. Friend. I, I know no one. And I'm like, are you really advertising this for, for Is it really say? for the community? Yeah. I did. I did a couple plays in high school. Like that was my like scripted acting experience. And yeah, no, that's kind of the vibe where it's okay. It's just our uh, outer social circle here. And no one really here beyond that. Well, I was, I was a stage manager in high school and for four years and it was like the whole County. So I'm from Boone County mm-hmm. and it was like the whole County would do it. Not just like our high school. And they would, um, depending on every other year, we would either do more of a kids geared thing or like middle school, high school geared thing. And we would have them bust in during the day. So we would do day performances for a week and then we would have some evening for like parents to see. But it was mostly for other students. It was like students performing for students. Yeah, for us we would just do like one 
performance of our play or musical or whatever during school hours and uh, kids could get out of class to come see the play. So we would have a packed house, but just because people didn't want to be in class. Right. They might be um, asleep. Yeah. It, we would have field trips to go see like plays or musicals in like elementary school or middle school. Uh, but that was always like a local children's theater production. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, it was never a specific high school or anything. Yeah. So like when you went to college, that's when you kind of really started the stand up. Where did you meet the Kofiri people? Through doing stand up. I met Nate Susco and Cody Lambert the first night I did stand up at Black Sheep. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then um, you guys were just like, let's just kind of start a group. Let's just make things. I kind of fell into it. Nate and Cody started it, and they were doing a 72-hour film contest movie. It's one of these scenarios where you're given a prompt, say, Thursday at noon, yeah, and you're given one or two words, and you have to finish, the whether it be five minutes or ten minutes, you have to finish the short movie mm-hmm. by Sunday at noon. And they were making a movie for one of these and they needed a location on campus, but neither of them were students anymore. So they were like, Hey, can we use your student ID to get into the library? Do you guys look alike? No. Well, (laughs) I said, yes, but I want to hang out with y'all while you do it. And then they finished the shoot there at Marshall's library. And I said, can I just pal around with y'all for the rest of this and kind of just help out? And uh, we won that contest first place. Oh, who was it through? uh, That one was through. I'm not exactly sure what organization put that on. It wasn't a part of the uh, Huntington Music and Arts Festival film contest. I think it was with some other group. Uh, but once the Huntington Music and Arts Festival started doing these contests, we won them at least two times. Two, Where can I, you view those videos or can you? Yeah. You can view them on the Kosiri YouTube page. Oh, okay. I'll have to just like continue to watch them and we'll make yeah. sure to... Is it okay to include that link in the episode notes? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, We made a lot of mockumentaries, so just like parodies of documentaries. So the the River Dolphin, which is that first one, um, is a mockumentary about a guy who thinks that there is a dolphin in the Ohio River. (laughs) And then we've made another about a um a bowling team we made a bowling mockumentary that one was real fun i i think making videos they're they're like always fun and i i need to do i've only done like a couple but um in high school in history class i did the blair witch trials with friends and i really wish i could find those videos because we we did like a whole uh 
set and I was like we had someone burn at the stake and rocked and we did different angles so it looked because it was before like you really could edit you know it was all like VHS yeah. <laughs> it was I, like, really fun I had friends that I made little videos with in high school too our thing at that time was we were all really into action movies so we wanted to make like short little action scenes none of mm-hmm. them ever really had a story but one of my friends a lot of action <laughs> one of my friends figured out how to make like gunshots look really good through uh, editing oh and so we would just make little uh, videos with uh, his airsoft guns very interesting. I'm glad that it, no one was truly shot. <laughs> no, they were all fake. No bullets. Over the pandemic, too, I realized that my podcasting listening habits became more and more niche. Uh, like, there is a podcast where all they do is talk about pencils and stationery. That's their whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, there is the podcast Lighthearted, which everyone knows is the official podcast of the National Lighthouse Preservation Society. And it's great. Know. Yeah. Do you talk about this in your stand-up? No. What I, do you talk about? Yeah. I, well, I had... I talked about pencils at one point in my stand-up because during COVID I had like this month-long hyperfixation on like what the best pencil is. And, and what is it? Um, there are options uh, here. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna Actually, say black wing pencil is probably the best. Black the two hipster. No, it's they're, not because I'm an artist, for God's sakes. <laughs> okay, yeah, it, I'll give you that. But if you want just a good writing pencil, then the Musgrave Pencil Company Harvest. Hmm. It's just a classic yellow number two. <laughs> it writes It writes better than Dixon Ticonderogas, which are pieces of garbage. Harvest. Does it have dark wood? Uh, This one does not. However, the same company. I'm allergic to uh, pencils that have dark wood. If they're mostly, I think if it's not treated wood, I'm like, my hands get hives. Uh, Then the Tennessee Red Harvest would probably not. No, this is the Tennessee Red Cedar. It's probably treated. It looks treated more than like, you know, the ones with designs, those real cheap pencils. I I can't, I can't use I'll just do my mechanical nice point three for my calligraphy. Yeah. Okay. That's what you got to do. I can, I can accept that. You make Uh, a good point. All I'm saying is that the Musgrave Pencil Company out of Shelbyville, Tennessee, makes a better pencil than Dixon Ticonderoga could ever dream of. I like this. What about eraser? Do you do you like rate them on lead? Eraser. Now, Now the Musgrave erasers are fine. But I really do like the Blackwing eraser design. That is <laughs> that is the most convenient part yes, it is. of a let pencil. Me, let me get my baby out. But also, also, I hate how, like, 
weirdly, I don't want to say, it's a very weird niche where those pencils become very expensive very quick because of the special editions. But it's also because it's a rare kind of thing because you could get matte and it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, the eraser is the best part about it. Yep. I wish they only made an eraser thing. Now, has this podcast ever had a tangent about stationery, or is this something unique? No, this is a first. We may have to. Uh, telling people about pencils. We have to change the title. The yeah, the podcast. Nathan wants you to know about stationery, and I love this because it's fun. Because I'm writing it down. (laughs) I love trying stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what else about stationery? That's it, really. Just pencils. How did you even get started on on uh, a pencil obsession? Yeah, the podcast. It's kind of, I don't want to say it's kind of sad, but there was one day where I was just walking to work and the thought and a thought popped into my head, which was, oh, I haven't sharpened a pencil in a while. I wonder what that feels like. Like the so, hand sharpener, yeah, yeah. So the whole the, different the whole thing that or the crank, the small the, or the ones. crank, yeah. And so I walked into a Family Dollar and got a pack of pencils and a sharpener. And the box of the Dixon Ticonderogas say literally the world's greatest pencil. And and you got that I, at the dollar store at Family Dollar. Your Family Dollar. And I brought it up to the counter and the lady at the counter said, you know, there's no pencil better than that, which is a weird thing for a clerk at a family dollar to say. <laughs> it just sounds like something out of a 1950s movie. And right. in my head, I it's interesting to think about, like, is the most mass-produced version of a thing the best version of a thing? And in some cases, like uh, like the Bic lighter, like, yeah, this is probably the best version of the you need fire. It does it. <laughs> um, Sorry. But and again, they're mass produced. Uh, but is the Dixon Ticonderoga really the best pencil? And uh, the answer is no, it's not. Not in a long shot. It's not even in the top five. It'd be lucky. Maybe she got paid to say that. Maybe, yeah. Hopefully, she got paid. I know there's people uh, yeah, at stores so her job. like Dollar General or Family Dollar don't make a lot. Hopefully, she scrapes a little off the top for herself. By, you know, really by, selling those pencils. By hawking bad pencils. And saying they're the best. I, c- I can respect the hustle. Even, yeah. if I d- even if I disagree with her statement. Have you told, have you, did you go back and like throw them down and be like, they are not oh, God. the best. Show her no. the harvest ones. Fuck no. Like, no. Let me show you how a, a real pencil writes. It, you see these lines? <laughs> it keeps the point better. No, God. Sharpen less, write more. Is Here that- is the thing. That would involve having to be confrontational with someone, which is something I try to avoid at every waking moment of my life. So other than pencils, is there anything else that you just talk about in your comedy or anything? 
just anything that I think is weird or interesting, um, whether it be jokes about thrift shopping or uh, the great likes in your pocket. What? I said, do you have $50 in your pocket? Oh, I wish. That's the thrift store song. Isn't I know it? it's, it's oh, Michael okay. Moore. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think he should Michael less of you. That's not a good joke. Kind no, of, cut cut that one out. He, he now is, you know, making clothes for golfers. Oh, that's great. Like Bill Murray. Oh, he does that too. And I like yeah. Bill Murray. I like Bill Murray too. It's just not a big fan of the whole golf thing. No, me either. I just like Bill I had, Murray. That's I had all jokes, I had to say. <laughs> I had jokes about golf in my last stand up act. They kind of went over well. Ooh, I like this. Yeah. The whole bit was like a couple of my coworkers are going on out. A couple of my coworkers are going out of town on a golf outing uh, next weekend. They have this yearly tradition of going to the Masters, uh, of watching the Masters on TV, and then the next weekend going on a golf trip. It's kind of endearing because it's the only adult version of like playing superheroes on the playground after seeing a movie. It's That's just, what golf is. yeah, just a joke about adulthood yeah no and I, some of those men take golf very, way too seriously way yeah, way too seriously mm -hmm. yeah. um but yeah it's really i just want to make jokes that i think are funny and hopefully other people think they're funny too uh, whether it be like I have a bit about how the Great Lakes got their name, and that's just a, it's a goofy. How did they? Kind of um, uh, geography, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I I never looked up how they actually <laughs> got their name. <laughs> I like well, that. It, that's it. Well, it's a bit where I started off by trying to get. Like, I started off by, like, if I'm performing in Charleston, I'll say something along the lines of, uh, now people in Huntington, they're not bright enough for geography humor, but do you think you, Charleston, can handle it? Just to kind of pit cities against each other. And uh, it's like, you ever wonder how the Great Lakes got there? And I'm the entire time I do it in this voice where I hope that the audience acknowledges, like, Right. Oh, this is stupid, and they know it's stupid. Right. Uh, to kind of just play up the bit. It's like, you think the Great Lakes were sitting around, and one of them said, well, I'm near Ontario, so I'll be Ontario. Mm -hmm. Michigan's like, yeah, that works for me. Mm -hmm. uh, Lake Erie walks in, is like, hey, I'm a little weird. I'm a little strange. I'm a little different. I'm, I'll be Lake Erie. Lake Superior boasts. Uh, bust the door down going i'm the best lake of them all i'm better than any of the great lakes i'm the greatest of the great lakes did you sink the edmunds fitzgerald no you didn't fuck you i like that almost sounds like trump <laughs> yeah it's just stupid it it's, like it's a bit that like they're it, the great I, areas though to uh, hide yeah. the bodies you'll never find them again yeah you know, uh, respect to the dead of Edmund Fitzgerald. That's really the message that I want people to take away from my comedy. Yeah. 
Uh, my mom grew up near Lake Erie, so I used to go, and it's always dreary, dreary Erie, so I can see how it is. It is a very strange no. uh, area, likes to snow a lot, likes to just surprise you. With I've a lot never, of snow. I've never been. I just know the song. And I know it's a very oh, silly stand-up bit. Oh, I didn't even know there bit. was a song. Yeah, it's uh, Gordon Lightfoot. It's time to talk about tea. I'm going to spill the tea. No, I'm going to talk about the t-shirts and merch we have for sale on our website, www.whatidliketotellpeople.com. Oh, man, I wanted to hear some juicy gossip. But I do think our t-shirts are pretty juicy. Even though it is getting warmer outside, people can still buy our hoodies for those cool spring days. People can also receive 15% off by using our listener code telling people found in our episode notes. And back to our show. Nathan, what would you like to tell people? Well, I want to tell people that if they enjoyed this talk and that they want to support local comedians doing something here in Huntington, the best way to do that right now would be to support the Indiegogo campaign of a feature film called Two Steps Back. And that is going on currently. It is in my Instagram bio. Uh, my friend David Smith, who is a very funny stand-up comedian in his own right, is directing it he's directed a couple features before here locally uh but this is a story about a community theater actress who wants to bet on herself and take the savings retirement contributions that she put in at work and use that to move to new york city to pursue acting full-time that doesn't necessarily work out for her and she ends up moving back home with her parents and it is the story of her kind of trying to figure out what the next the it's a story of her trying to figure out what the next steps in her life is and that will be a project that uh, i did not write it i don't know if i uh, will have a part in it but i am certainly hoping produce it and i uh gave david smith the uh, writer director notes on the script whenever he asked uh that is the big project here locally and to just follow huntington comedy on facebook and instagram because we constantly update people with shows there and i realized i completely forgot to ask you about your producing do you want to say any more about that or how you even got involved in that project well i got involved with it through just knowing david and uh being a friend of his i found out about his work before i even moved to huntington and we kind of became facebook friends while i was still in high school and when it was one of those things where it's just inspiring to know that here I am in West Virginia, a place that people try to leave, but there are people here doing cool things. And he's certainly one of them with other uh, features that he's made in the past. And, you know, because I worked a weird work schedule there for a while, uh, like my weekend would be Thursday, Friday instead of Saturday, Sunday no one's off on Thursday or Friday. It I would have to find ways to kind of 
be social and hang out with people. And David is a uh, full-time Grubhub driver. So I would just ride around with him as he did deliveries. And we would talk about the script, what works, what doesn't, who we see as the ideal actor for some of these roles. And um, we've got an Indiegogo campaign going on. Uh, There are some perks there if you donate. And we will use that money to hopefully make a future film this summer. And not buy pencils. And not we I will not use the money for pencils. I have plenty. It's fine. Uh, I am you won't bad tell with, if you do. I am bad with budgeting, so I will not touch the money. <laughs> well, we're excited um to see that. Like hopefully I'll include the link for the Indiegogo account and everything in the episode notes so people can go straight to it and hope that goes really well. Yeah, hopefully. We actually just launched the uh, fundraising campaign today, uh, April 18th. So we will really make a big push for it on our uh, social profiles. And, you know, it's one of those things where... It is a story about West Virginia and the Huntington community and also the kind of Oak Hill, Fayetteville area community. And we hope that our community trusts us enough with telling the story of people from this area that they give us a little financial help to make it happen. And even if you're not from the area, maybe. Even if you're not from the area, write, write those checks. That money Why can not? still spend, right? Come on. Yeah, it's uh, any U.S. currency, and if we get desperate enough, we'll take Ethereum. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much, and well, thank, thank you, for, thank you for coming on. Yeah, this was really Shout fun. out to Lindsay for, um, for uh, yeah. uh, suggesting me. Right, and it was just her birthday, too. It was. Yeah, last Thursday, right, Hannah? Mm-hmm. Last mm-hmm. week. Yep, yep. But yeah. I, I do I do appreciate you coming on, and this is really fun, and I did not know all about pencils until now. Um, I had no clue. You did I just, not know about my weird hyperfixations. Yeah, on, on pencils. I just imagine that you have, like, pencils everywhere now. Where uh, we can't see. Not not now, not too much, thankfully. I have ones that I want to get rid of, but I also don't want to throw them away because that would be wasteful. And I don't. Can want you donate to... pencils? <laughs> yeah, but if I'm going to donate pencils, I want to donate good ones. You know, I don't want no, uh, not used. I don't want charities to be stuck with my crap. <laughs> Like Aww. I want them to have things that they can use. Yeah, that that makes that, that makes, makes sense. sense. That makes sense. Which is like, there's no like textile recycling around here, uh, which is why I have like a bag full of old socks that I can't bring myself to throw away, uh, because that would be wasteful. But also, I'm not using them, so they're just taking up space. Yeah. I guess it would just take up space elsewhere. It's like, how yeah. do you know? Like, like, does it stay in my drawer or does it go to the landfill? Or do eventually, I just... it will. It won't be in your drawer, like, because it will outlast you. So eventually, it will have to be somewhere. Yeah. 
I know it's like so depressing. I'm like ending it. Let me try to end on a high note. I know where can people see you doing your comedy? Uh, I perform regularly at pretty much any show in Huntington, whether it be at Black Sheep or some of the other venues we partnered with. The best way to stay up to date with where I'll be performing is staying up to date with where Huntington Comedy as a whole will be performing. So there is a page on Instagram and Facebook. It's just called Huntington Comedy. And there people can stay up to date with any show that we produce in the area. Thank you. Thank you. This seems like a great time to pause and tell everyone to subscribe so they will be notified of our next episode. It isn't like you have anything else to do, right? Exactly. Make sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Stay healthy, everyone. And now back to our show. Hannah, what did you think about this episode? Since we just finished, it's kind of cool because usually it's been like a week or sometimes even more after. And I always have to be like, okay, what did I think? But now it's truly fresh. We're truly talking right after we, you know, just talked to Nathan. And I thought it was really, you know, kind of cool. You know, we talked a little bit about comedy and how he started improv like you and then went on to do different skits and now he is in Kosuri. now i'm just gonna worry i'm saying it wrong since i said it right the first time but, but you're the one who said it right you're the only one. i think yeah, yeah. so yeah. um and, and like he's now in that group so it's kind of come full circle and he's kind of over different the you know the comedy scene in Huntington which is really cool Mm -hmm. and Huntington's always at least when I went you know they had the funny bone they had a bunch of open mic nights and I feel like all the students were like really involved in comedy or a lot of the students which was always nice it's always been kind of like a, a welcoming scene um for people I do feel like it's male dominated so I really love that you know Lindsay's in it and I hope that it's a little less now than it was when I was in college because I never really imagined myself on stage not that I've ever even been on stage or made it seem like but I feel like um hopefully I think they've expanded he talked about representation of you know um gender and color and just you know like everything And I I think that's really important because you don't – like it's good for people to see that so they can see themselves on stage and like broaden the horizons. And I I find it funny that we ended kind of the conversation talking, you know, kind of pointlessly on uh, a pointless conversation about pencils. Uh, I had to. There's so many puns with pencils. You know, uh, I mean, it's so true. And the sad part is, I was like, oh my God, someone else who went on to an in depth thing about it, like me. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but point. yeah, good point. Is that what you just said? Yeah, I was going to say, good point or point taken. I don't know. You're the one with the good puns. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll um yeah, I'm pretty sharp. Uh anyway <laughs> uh, I was trying to think I was gonna say, you know, something about an eraser. I'll I'll erase her 
to the finish line of getting the best pun. Um, I'll erase this. <laughs> yeah. Know. Yeah. But uh, it was, it was a good conversation and I really um, appreciate Lindsay kind of introducing us uh, to Nathan and having um, him come on to the show or, or having they come on. But yeah. What did you think about this episode? It was good. Um, yeah. I was fresh off my mind, off, off my mind, off my noggin right now. My thoughts are off my noggin right now as, yep, I'm here. I'm not tired. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting episode to, to see uh, different perspectives on comedy and where he um, came to be too from high school and then also going to um, like taking like that time off from college and being like, oh no. I should have stuck with this path, but at least like his path turns into something different and bringing in, even though he says they're like different, um, separate worlds, they still like kind of work hand in hand, even if he doesn't want them to like comedy and improv always will be within, uh, this type, every type of field too. That's where like, uh, Hannah and I talked about with improv with, um, business people too you actually had business and comedy too and stand up actually with uh business people who wanted to learn and get better at you know uh speaking skills too and so i find it really cool that he's taking those uh tools too and doing it with other uh comedy um comedians not comedy groups but they are technically a comedy group too so i'm not wrong (laughs) But yeah, I thought it was really fun, and I'm glad that I found some other pencils to try. And yeah, and that's that. And I thought it was a fun, Your refreshing episode. Your path led you together. Um, <laughs> yes. So the pencils. So next week we're interviewing Cat's Tea and Witchcraft, and so that we've not interviewed them yet, but we're going to, and so that's going to be a uh, exciting episode. What I'd like to tell people is an independent podcast recorded and edited by us, Rachel and Hannah. Our theme song is written and recorded by Sean Price. Please like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can receive the latest episode. Also, rate and review our episodes so we can receive more listeners. Go to our website www.whatidliketotellpeople.com. Find the link and more information in the episode notes. Until next week. And this was What I'd Like to Tell People.